0: To my heart, and I pray that the Lord gives me the strength of my voice, the strength to be able to speak as He has given it to me. I'm just going to ask you. I know we've been praying and we've been worshiping, but one more time, we would just pray for the word of the Lord. I realize the time, I'm going to be cognitive of the time tonight, but let's just ask the Lord to accomplish the purpose for which He has sent His word tonight, God. I pray that your word and your spirit and your power would accomplish, Lord, exactly what you want to do. That every spirit and every stronghold be brought down and brought into captivity that is unlike you. I release the spirit and power of prosperity to this church. I release the spirit and power of healing and faith over this congregation. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I trust you and stand upon your word. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Perhaps one of the greatest challenges of leadership is trusting your decision enough to make one. I am guessing that for anyone who has held any role or position of leadership will recognize very clearly what I mean by that statement. There will never be a moment when everyone will understand you, nor will there ever be a moment when everyone will agree with you, nor like your decision. It is the challenge of leadership. But the demand of leadership requires a clear decision that we must press forward. Forty years earlier, the children of Israel had come to the precipice of promise. They were ready for God to give them what he had promised This was the promise which for countless generations they had yearned for. And many had died while they were in the mud pits of Egypt. This promise was so great, it was much bigger than them. This was Abraham's pilgrim promise. This was Isaac's land of Wales. This was Jacob's country of Bethel and Peniel. Israel was rich in history. At that point, they had a very victorious past, their deliverance from Egypt, the crossing of the Red Sea. Joshua had led peaceful Israelites to victory over the war-minded Amalekites by the mighty hand of the Lord. They had prospered well. God had made a covenant with them at Mount Sinai to do my will. And, make, and he said, I will make you a kingdom of priests. They experienced divine visitations when God showed up out of nowhere. He changed the hearts and the minds of people for them to walk in victory. But they were also plagued with debilitating failures. They participated in idolatry at the foot of Mount Sinai with their golden calves. They... Had ten times they had tempted the Lord in the wilderness. They had suffered the death of their loved ones on a daily basis. There were days when God wanted to destroy them because of their failures. What does all of this mean for the church? God is better to us than what we could ever possibly deserve. All of our combined histories together and all of our experiences with God together have brought us to this place where we are as a church today. We are still alive. We are still a unified church. We're still in love with God and still loved by God. And we're still eager to hear His voice. And above all, we are seeking His presence such as we experience for a few moments tonight. As for Israel, despite their victorious days or their shameful moments, the will of God had never changed and God's timing was for now. And they're called in to move forward and to press on. The will of God was for them to possess their promised land. It was God's will for them to inherit the promised land declared in Numbers chapter 13. But before They had missed their opportunity. However, you can't overlook the fact that God's will never changed for them. Forty years later, the call comes again. Turn northward and move all the people with you. The will of God has never changed for the church. His will for us is exactly the same as it was when the first group of people gathered on Kelly Road for that very first service in April of 1965. Time has elapsed, but God's will has never changed. It's the same mandate that He compelled from the very beginning. Every Bible study, every baptism, every sermon, every outreach effort, and all of our participation in missions and outreach together has all been part of God's plan for the church. God's will has not changed. God's will for our new campus to be completed and paid for and filled to capacity has not changed. Look at your neighbor and tell them God's will has not changed. But the challenge of leadership sometimes holds us hostage for to be able to make the decision to move forward. The devil has fought in our finances. He has fought our schedule. He has fought our morale. There has even been a time or two, there's even been a time or two that he's caused many of us to question our decision. What ought to be and should be the highlight of a pastor's career as a minister has felt more like a nightmare on many days. I'll be honest. I've even spoken and did even this weekend to someone and said if I had it to do over again, I'm not sure I would have done it. It was one of the moments that the devil had gotten into my spirit and into my heart and caused me to speak words that the real, in the real depth of my heart that I never really meant. But it's what he would like to do. He would like to discourage us. He would like to cause us to feel like we can't go on. I come tonight to remind you that God's will had not changed. The devil has fought on many fronts. We are at a juncture that we that we know exactly what our promise is going to look like. And we know that God is moving us forward into our future. If I could remind you tonight that a message such as I'm preaching tonight would have been preached several years ago when we began to move forward. And I called this church to answer the call. Again, I came back and called this church to possess our promise. Tonight, I'm preaching for the purpose of reminding us and reminding hell that its very own gates shall not prevail against the church. I'm calling for every able-bodied man, woman, boy, or girl who voted in favor of building a new building to step up and help us charge the finish line because it's just around the corner. Today, I may be weak in body. I may be a little riddled in my spirit. I may even be questioning a few things right now. But I come tonight to serve the devil notice that we as a people are going to stand And the same God that called us to conquer the mountain is going to give us the strength to be able to reach the top of the mountain. I declare tonight that I will be as strong today as I was the day he promised us the mountain. We're Pardon me for being emotional tonight. We're running against financial hurdles that can be resolved by a financial miracle. I had someone who said something similar to that less than a year ago come to me last night and said, Phil, he's up here. He said, Phil, don't stop praying and believing. Because over a year ago, we asked God for a million dollar miracle and he gave it to us four months ago. I stand before you tonight and tell you I refuse. To stop believing. We're up against a time schedule. We're up against a time schedule for substantial completion of our project. We have 10 weeks to finish a project. It looks impossible. I bring to you the point that I need to make tonight that almost 200 people voted and declared that we can take this mountain. About 80 families and individuals have sacrificed finances to make it happen. More than 50 people have strapped on tool tool belts and said we can do it. But now we're 10 weeks out and it seems like we have about 10 people that remain on the wall trying to finish a project. That will be absolutely impossible to finish with 10 of us in 10 weeks. So I come tonight and say if there has ever been a time that sacrificial giving is needed, it is now. I'm preaching to you tonight. My title, Brother Adam asked me the other night, he said, I never did figure out what you were preaching about. He probably can't figure out tonight. If you want to put something on the screen, it's called this, The Challenge of Leadership. Because some of you are not going to like what I'm saying tonight. Because I'm calling us and challenging us. I know I got the email that said, Pastor is asking for money all of the time. You voted when I said, It doesn't matter to me whether we build a building or not. It's completely up to you. It is your decision. I know, I hear all of the feedback, I hear it, I get it all back. I know who's doing the talking and who's sending the text messages and who's responding. I don't come with anger tonight, I come as a leader standing boldly and strongly before this pulpit and looking at this congregation and declaring to you that we need a miracle and the miracle that God wants to give this church will come through his people. But His people who say we can are going to have to stand up and start doing. If there's ever been a time that we need miracle producing prayer, it is now. And if there has ever been a time that you are needed now. Look at your neighbor and tell them it's now. You're needed now. Look back at him and tell them you're needed now. This church has enjoyed many defining moments. This is one of them. When God directed us to serve this church as a pastor was a defining moment in my life and for the direction and the future of this church. When we followed His will to do a definite to make a definite impact in our community. And a group of ladies, along with a team of people that we assembled, planned an outreach initiative that we called Impact Frankfurt. It changed the culture of this church. Moments such as our very first capital stewardship campaign changed the culture of the church. Whether you like it, Or don't like it, it changed the culture of the church for positive. For those that don't like what God is doing may be satisfied with the 82 members that we had in in, in, in 2003. But I come tonight to tell you that the church is numerically and financially and spiritually stronger than we have ever been. Because when God's people begin to unify... Work together, pray together, and give together. We can do more to reach our city. We can do more to reach our community. We can do more to reach our, our area. We can do more for missions. We can reach more people. And we can see more miracles happen when the people of God begin to unify and work together. Other defining moments or moments that we launched into our very first awakening, fast, and revival. Another defining moment was when we started the construction of our new building. Defining moments give way to defining seasons. Our church has been living in a season of faith. Someone defined our church and the difference of this assembly. And they said, what is it that makes this assembly different? They said as a whole, it is faith. And we know that we will experience a season of victory. I am confident that we will. Again, I say the will of God has not changed. Because God has not changed. He is still passionate about building His church. And about seeking and saving that which was lost. Yet sometimes because of the muddled circumstances and because of the ease of our well-worn paths, we can easily fail to acknowledge that God still has something more for us. Wandering around Mount Seir was certainly not the preferred future that the Israelites had hoped for. Yet they were wandering. They had been there so long then they had become so comfortable being wonders. That was not supposed to be God's plan. God had a greater purpose in mind when he called his people out of Egypt. They had been in the wilderness for 40 years. They had been cycling in a holding pattern. Because of their unbelief, God was delaying their victory. Finally, God says, it's time to go forward. Here is where we stand today. This was a call for all the people to join for the final leg of the journey. Here's the point that as a leader, I come tonight to stand before you. And regardless of what your opinion may be, I come tonight to accept the challenge of leadership. It is that no one would be left behind. It would be that everybody would join the force to move forward it's hard to believe that we stand 10 weeks away from substantial completion according to our original schedule. We may be behind a little, but we can catch it up. It's up to you. I asked this question regarding spiritual things two years ago. I come back now and ask you, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want? Oh, we were about to bust at the scene a few minutes ago, but I'm bringing a strong leadership challenge to the congregation tonight. God's will hasn't changed. His purpose hasn't changed. But it's going to cost us some time. It's going to cost us some talents. And it's going to cost us some treasure. But we've got to step up and see the will of God done. Here is why. Because there are people that the moment we step into the new building are going to walk into the doors of the new building that will never step foot into this building. Revival is going to break out. It has been prophesied about. I was at NAYC and I said, God asked me, what do you want? I said, God, I'm believing you for a 50 soul revival when we move into our new building. Within less than five minutes, two of our young men that are prayed up and on fire for God stepped to me and said, Pastor, Pastor, God had just laid a 100 soul revival in my spirit when I I told God that I was believing for a 50 soul revival. He spoke a word back into my spirit and I praised him for it. He said, double it. I believe that when we move into the new building, get ready Christian Life Church, you're going to see people you've never seen before. You're going to see family members that you've been praying for. You're going to see neighbors that you thought would never come to God are going to walk in. Why is this important? Because revival cannot afford to wait We must have revival now. I know we can find excuses of things that are more important, but truly nothing is more important than the will of God. This call tonight is for all of the people to join the last leg of the journey. You will not be nearly as excited if you stroll into a building that you did nothing to help see come to pass. And you certainly will not rejoice if all you have done is murdered, muttered complaints. Maybe the first word I started to say was right. Murdered enthusiasm. But when we walk into a new building with the majority of this congregation fired up about it because you have given your blood, sweat, and tears, we will see enthusiasm go through the roof. The spirit of excitement and anticipation is going to fall. And God is already beginning to put some things in order and I see it coming to pass. We are going to see the greatest revival that Christian Life Church has ever seen. When I look back and see a 58 soul revival in the matter of two months is the greatest revival this church has ever seen. Get ready. I believe in 2018 is going to be greater than anything we have ever experienced. I thank God for what He's already done. We couldn't even be here without miracles. I thank God for all the wonderful people that call Christian Life Church home. I thank God for our tremendous history. But it's time to embrace our future. And that means to embrace our future. Sometimes we've got to walk away from the comfort of where we are. We have to not meander toward the finish line. But we've got to charge the finish line. Come on, guys. Some of you have been working and giving your time, talents, treasure, giving everything that you have. I know. I see the weariness. I hear it in your voice. But I want to tell you something. This thing has been a marathon. We first cast the vision for this project more than than seven years ago. I come tonight to tell you this has not been a sprint. It's been a marathon. But we're down now to the last leg of the journey. The marathon runner knows what happens in the last leg of the journey. Where are you at, Brother Spank? Where are you at back there? You're a marathon runner. You know what you do. It takes all the guts and grit that you can possibly muster to be able to cross the finish line. I'm only doing. I'm only saying what I've read because I'm not a marathon runner, but I will tell you this much. This leadership challenge I'm bringing you tonight, I stand boldly and tell you that we're not going to meander to the finish line, but we're going to charge the finish line. Because it. At about about mile 14, we were just about to give out and become weary. And mile 15, we were saying, I don't think we can. But we're right here near the finish line. Come on, we're 10 weeks from substantial completion. I believe that it is the will of God for everybody in this church to say, I can't do much, but whatever I can. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be faithful. Come on, we got to do it. We've got to do it. I know we all have crazy work schedules. We have lights. We can turn on and work at night. We'll work in the morning. We'll work through the day. If it's two hours or ten hours, whatever you can do, everybody ought to do something between now and the finish line. Here's why. Give me a minute to finish. This is not about us. 95% of the issues that I have ran into through this project has been because flesh has got in the way because people have thought it was about them. This is not about us. This is about the future, and this is about the lost souls that await our arrival at our new campus. It is about fulfilled prophecies. It's about our promised land. Because the Lord, if He's ever spoken to me, spoke to me and said, I'm giving you the key to this city. Many of you were here when the Lord gave me that message and I preached it and threw keys and hit our late bishop's wife right in the forehead with one of them. She loved it. She said, I'm going to hold on to this, but you hit me in the head with it. We entered into this project based on a word from the Lord. The very first step we ever took, the Lord said, you start raising money for land and I'll provide it. Every step of the way, it has been built on prophecies. It has been built on a word from the Lord. Everything we have done has been built on one word and another word. He has promised us A revival. I believe it's going to be a revival of end time proportions. But here's the issue. I fear that the familiar unconsciously blinds many. Often humanity... Resist the idea of change. We prefer familiar mountains and familiar paths. But God has spoken a word and He said, You have incapacitated this mountain long enough. It is time to move forward. I have good news for the church. We are moving forward. We are marching into our future with faith. We are going to a place that God's preferred plan has spoken for us to go. Where none of us have ever been. I know there may be some that are a little shaken about us moving to a new location. Rest easy. God would not have brought us to where we are to leave us here. He brought us to where we are to take us to where He wants to take us to. Our past seasons of prayer and fasting is only preparation for what is ahead. It's time for CLC to re-engage the prayer and fasting. We have 10 weeks to substantial completion. I wonder in the next 10 weeks how many people will say, Pastor, I'm going to pray more and fast more in the next 10 weeks than what I've been praying and fasting in the last 10 years of my life. get ready because we're going back to the basics of prayer and fasting there will be no mandate it'll be for whosoever will however I do believe that God is calling me tonight to stand in this pulpit it is the challenge of leadership for everybody that possibly will and can this week starting on Wednesday evening at sundown I'm calling the church for everybody that can how about we step into a three day fast and for those of you that feel led to go another step I want you to go another step with us but we're going to we're going to charge the finish line if we have to tonight we'll call it the fast to the finish but we're going to get there by faith and God is going to see us through We run aisles when we talk about miracles. But we sit tight when we talk about sacrifice of prayer and sacrifice of fasting. But it's what got us to where we are. And it's what's going to get us to where we're going to. Like Moses in Exodus chapter 6, verse 30, we want to know exactly how it's all going to unfold. We want to know the end from the beginning. I'm kind of built that way too. We want to know everything that it's going to take. Perhaps somebody sat down to calculate If there was 2.4 million people, which Jameson Fawcett and Brown cites, that they believe there was 2.4 million, some say just over 1.6 million. I don't know. There was a lot of people, a lot more than what's in this room. To meet the needs of that crew, they would require a boxcar train with 120 cars loaded every day with provisions. And yet God provided it. Every morning, all they had to do was roll back the tent flaps and step out and pick it up. Here's what I believe. I believe our miracle is in this congregation tonight. It's among the people that are in this congregation tonight. They say that animals outnumbered humans at least three to one. Their needs were numerous. The need for water, the need for food, the need for communication, the need for cooperation among a mixed multitude of people, the need for protection against hostile nations, the need for guidance through uncharted areas and territories. Moses' questions could have sounded something like this. How will they know that I'm really from you? How will they know which God I'm talking about when I say God said? How will they receive me when they rejected my help before How will I get the audience of Pharaoh? See, all of these are issues that leaders have to deal with. How will I persuade them? How will I defy Pharaoh and keep my own life? How will we logistically move all of these people? How will we cross the wilderness? How will we deal with crossing seas and rivers? And all God said to him, go north. All God said. Was go north. He had to trust God. This is where we stand tonight. The possibilities and questions. Seem to outnumber the possible answers. But God knows exactly what we need. Even before we ever ask. He had a plan in mind all along. God shared very little information with Moses. Moses. Here's what he told Moses. I will give you an Aaron. I will do some miracles. And I will work out the details. I feel like that we, not moving 2.4 million people, have been given more help and more clarity than Moses when he took a step of faith. Because he has done more Than given us one errand. He has given us. Many errands. He has done more. Than given us a few miracles. He has given us many miracles. But still. There are a few details. That we're not real clear on. I'm not asking. I'm not telling God what's needed. All I'm doing. Is asking for you to pray. And asking you to ask God, what is it that I can do to make this thing happen? My leadership challenge is not to tell you this is what you can do. It's to ask you to pray and ask God, tell me what I can do. But here's the catch. When God says this is what you can do, don't say no. Because I believe that even while I'm preaching right now, God is already speaking to hearts that sit in this message sincere that are starting to say, I know what I can do to help. I know where I could step in. And if not, you need to start praying. Because in the next 10 weeks, God is going to start speaking some things into some spirits and into some hearts. And there's going to be a change that's going to come over some of us. Instead of 8 or 10 showing up for work days, I hope we see so many people we can't even... Brother Jeremy... We won't even be able to find enough wire for them to get a hold of. We won't find enough ditches to dig. Because when God's people comes together. But I think I read somewhere. When the people have a mind to work. But really God tells Moses very little. I don't find where he tells him much of the details. However, he does give him one very important word. And I'm going to close here in just a moment. Because I recognize that I've been preaching better than 30 minutes. And your heart wants me to preach longer. But your body says i got to close. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. The Lord spoke to Moses. I was praying. I said, God, I need a fresh word. I need something to walk to the pulpit and speak to this congregation. And the Lord said the same word." he redirected me to Exodus chapter 3 verse 14. And I opened it and God said to Moses, I am That I am. Whatever you need, I am that. It's open ended. I'm the rock that you're going to draw water from, I'm the manna that's going to come from heaven. I'm the cloud by day, and I'm the fire by night. I'm the rock that follows you through the wilderness. Oh, come on, Christian Life Church. He's going to be whatever we need. The church should know this already. But whatever you need, God already is. They murmured against Moses in the wilderness too. Some wish they would have never started the journey. But God said, I will send an angel before thee to drive out the inhabitants of the land. Give me a moment to finish. I really am closing. Closing number two. But before. God give me the strength to preach with you. Sister Brooks I'm glad you're here tonight. Because before we ever started this journey. God spoke. During a prayer meeting. In my living room. Through Sister Brooks. I think there were 13 people in my living room. I only recall a few names that were there. Sister Dace, I know you were there. You had an encounter that you had never had before. I know my wife and children were there. I think my in-laws were there. It was just a handful of people. And the Lord spoke to Sister Brooks. And she turned and said, Brother Jordan, the Lord just spoke a word to me. And the Lord said, Don't fear I will send 10,000 angels before you. Be of good courage and be not afraid. I wrote it down. I'll never forget it, Sister Brooks. Because the Lord said, wherever I go, there'll be 10,000 angels that's already gone before me. I feel a little like Moses tonight. And maybe I'm up here stuttering and stumbling around and blubbering all over myself. But I stand before you tonight to bring the challenge of leadership. To tell you that God will provide whatever is needed. He wants to do it through you. But if you reject His voice, He will raise up a brand new generation, and you will die face down in the wilderness and never have the opportunity of living in the promised land. Don't be an Israel statistic of refusing what God is going to speak into your life. On March the 5th, 1836, William B. Travis, while commanding the defenders of the Alamo, drew a line in the sand and he asked those who were willing to remain and fight and defend the Alamo until their death to step across the line. And he dismissed everybody else to go home. The issue is, is that nobody that left Made it home. The best thing we can do is to step across the line, the challenging line of the leadership, and say, I'm on the Lord's side. We're going to do this together. Forget about the previous years and months and labor and what's been missed out on. Tonight, why don't you start brand new? I draw a line in the sand tonight and I call you who is on the Lord's side. This church is not here accidentally. You're not in the church by accident. There is a God component to all of this. I don't believe for one minute that God has brought us to where we are to lead us here. Neither do I believe for one moment that God when we honestly inquire of the Lord regarding what we can do for our future, for our mission and to make an impact that God is going to tune us out and not speak. But I believe the voice of the Lord is going to operate and move in this house tonight and I believe in the next few minutes the Holy Ghost is going to pour out on us all over this building from the front to the back from the youngest to the oldest God is going to begin to put some things in your spirit tonight. God is going to begin to unfold some things tonight that is going to blow some minds of some of the people. Come on Christian Life Church. God said I will provide it. Tell them I am that I am Come on, lift up your voice to the Lord right now. I presented a leadership challenge to you tonight. I cry out from the mountain, who is on the Lord's side? Why don't you step from where you are right now? I know not everybody can gather in the front, but you can make some acclamation and declaration tonight of declaring, I'm on the Lord's side. Move from where you are right now. If it's to get into an aisle, if it's to come to the front, if you need to get on the platform, everybody in the room tonight needs to make a declaration of, I will accept the challenge. We're going to do this together. We're going to move this church together. God has called us to where we are, and we must go forward by faith. we make this decision tonight I believe God is going to begin to pour out on this congregation and in this assembly tonight and there's going to be miracles begin to happen in the room get ready for a miracle to happen in the room tonight because when the people of God make up their mind that I'm going to do the will of God God in return begins to move and begins to touch and provide every need and supply every need I have no rabbits to pull out of the hat. I have no quick U-turn to make. But God is in the house right now. I call you all over the building. Would you just surrender to the Lord right where you are? Go ahead. Right where you are. If you want to kneel to pray, if you want to lift hands and stand where you are, respond to what God is wanting to do right now. Let's respond to the Lord right now. Come on, seek the Lord right now. God is wanting to speak to somebody right now. He's not going to do it with you looking around and disengaged. you got to get plugged in. Come on, I'm calling you right now. Everybody in the room ought to be plugged into prayer. Get plugged into prayer right now. This is where the rubber meets the road. The whole purpose of me preaching after a move of God like we had was to present the challenge so that God can speak to hearts. Now He's going to do just that. Come on, engage in what God is wanting to speak. Cry out to him, ask him, God, show me. Reveal it to me. I want to be part of what you're doing. I want to be part of your plan. Yes. Yes, God. Come on, let him know. Talk to him. Cry out to him. Talk to him now. Lead me, Lord, I'll follow Open the door. I'll step through it. Show me, God. I know I don't deserve to be where I am. But by your grace and by your mercy, I owe it all to you anyway, God. It's not too much to ask. I'll say yes to you, God. I'll say yes to you, God. Yes. Come on, that's it. Cry out to the Lord. All over the room right now. Cry out to the Lord. Cry out to the Lord. Come on, cry out to the Lord right now. Yes! Yes! Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. there is That's Come on, seek the Lord. Would you get serious about seeking the Lord? Come on, get engaged in what God is doing. Get engaged in what God is doing.